Friends on Metro FM Talk. Divided we fall, united we stand. Celebrate the diversity that makes Africa special. Say no to xenophobia. Metro FM, it's where you're at. Ndadakomo, good evening to you and welcome. Thank you. Good evening to you and good evening to our listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, and that is a commerce or producer and presenter out of Channel Africa here at the SABC. And Dadakomo, whenever I speak to you, I and I speak on behalf of many of our listeners, benefit from the rich context that you give us. And today I want us to do the same. So let's start out as we look at the latest out of Bamako uh, and in many other parts of Mali. Give us some of the context over the last decade insofar as the historic relationship between France and Mali is concerned, and of course, especially in the area of military interventions. Why do we find ourselves where we are now? How did we get here? Well, thanks for inviting me, and also thanks for that very interesting intro. Now, one thing, to get to the point now, now one thing is this, that people should understand the relationship that there was between Mali and France. People are aware uh, or are becoming aware now of the France-Africa relationship which France mm. had with its former colonies, which basically is just a neo-colonial relationship. Uh, very unfair, and these were signed into agreements. Now, the two countries which were an exception to that, those were Guinea of Sekoture, that is Guinea-Conakry, mm. and Mali. Uh, these two countries, when they got independent, they refused to be part of what the God proposed, a French Commonwealth, and they voted to be totally independent. And these countries suffered brutally with that, due, due to that decision, that the French withdrew everything up to the light bulbs, and they destroyed what they could not carry out. Mm. But then you find that um, Mali under Modibo Keita, uh, actually had an, was a totally independent country. They did not have any military agreement with France or any other agreements that are there with the France-Africa arrangement, so too with Guinea. But then, unfortunately, along the line, uh, Modibo Kate was overthrown in a French-engineered coup, and he was jailed, and he died in prison. Mm. Yeah? And then from there on, there was this uh, pro-France regimes which had come into power. But then to come to the present time, you find that uh, the Guineans have, uh, the Malians, sorry, have got a free hand. Uh, they're not bound by any independence treaties of allowing French troops to be there. So that any issue of French troops being stationed in Mali are basically due to uh, bilateral agreements. These were post-independence agreements, like the last agreement, it was the Burkan Agreement, where Mali and France signed an agreement whereby France was going to assist Mali in fighting the Islamic insurgency. Mm. And that was in about 2012. Yeah? So that's the first thing that people should understand. Let's do this because I've got a quick spot break nearing on us. So let's take it now. And then when we come mm. back, I'll allow you to unpack that context a bit further. And then, of course, mm. we'll come a bit closer to the latest developments there, which also include the ejection of French troops. On Metro FM Talk.
10 minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our headline segment. And of course, tonight uh, we try and shine a spotlight on uh, Mali's military government, suggesting that uh, security uh, forces have thwarted an attempted coup. And uh, also, uh, I guess, uh, pointing the finger in that attempted coup at uh, the French, of course, not naming them, but uh, also saying that uh, the defense accords they had with France are done now. And you would have heard in the remarks earlier made by Ndata Ezakoma from Channel Africa here at the SABC saying a big part of the, I guess, military buildup, least of all on the part of the French, had been to assist ostensibly uh, the uh, Malian government in their, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, military actions against all manner of groups in that part of the world. And it seems now that uh, that particular relationship has broken irreparably so. And Ndata Komo, uh, please continue. You were still giving us some of the background and context, of course, that got us to this point. Okay. What I was doing, I was just giving the background in the sense that Mali does not have that automatic, uh, the French, sorry, does not have the automatic right of placing uh, forces in, 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 in Mali, mm. as they do have in Chad in other former French countries where they've got bases and they can get in and get out at will. But now we find that um, <clears throat> with the implementation of the Burkan uh, Agreement, where France was assisting Mali in fighting Islamic insurgency and also other uh, insurgency of the Tuareg rebellion and the rest, you find that well, the relationship between the two forces uh, was not proper. Like the French actually did help in expelling the the, the Islamic insurgents insurgent from from uh, Timbuktu and also from areas up north, places like Kigal, places in the east like Gao. But then the operation of the French troops were such that they never allowed the Malians. They took total control of the fighting, and uh, they actually never allowed Malian forces in areas where they were operating, or in regions that they were operating. If Malians had to be there, they had to actually get special permission. Not only Malian forces, even Malian politicians. Now, that was a big thing which actually angered the Malian population because of the time when the prime minister wanted to visit Kidal and the French would not let him do that. But unfortunately, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, he went there by force. Mm. Yeah. But then the thing came out that um, fast forward now to the August coup and not only that, uh, Macron actually announcing that the France, France was going to withdraw its forces from the base up north. Now, the thing was this, that when France was actually uh, fighting or occupying the base in Kigal, that's in the northern end of Mali, uh, again, under the same condition of Malian forces not being allowed there, what happened was this, that the French allowed the Tuareg, uh, the Tuareg militias yeah, to establish themselves. So you find that the French had this, allowed this, so you find that there was this big, um, militarized um, um, sort of um, Tuareg population, yeah? Mm. And the French had this base, and now they're going to, uh, they're going to actually withdraw from that base and hand over the base to the Malian <laughs> government forces, which was actually setting them up for a very big and a very, very uh, atrocious uh, sort of surrounding and also defeat, in a way. 
So now that was the thing which actually drove the Malian government, saying that if the France was going to unilaterally, yeah, that's what they, the term that they, they're unilaterally changing uh, the agreement, clauses of the agreement, then they may just as well withdraw totally. That was the reason and the things behind the Malian government, the military government of the post um, the, the post uh, civilian government mm. to actually cut off military relationship with France. So, that so was the what, beginning. what would the implication be in Dr. Homo of um, of uh, one? I guess part of um, that francophone block in that region of our continent um, having a bit of a tense or frosty relationship uh, with the former colonizer because we do know yeah. I mean uh, the presence as you've already said in many other parts of francophone Africa militarily and otherwise uh-huh, the French uh-huh. is rather dominant uh-huh. yeah. okay okay now another thing that uh, I would like to actually sort of uh, educate the listeners about mm. uh, about French behavior in sure. the former colonies we look at a very interesting country which is called uh, uh, Niger, which is a neighbor to Mali. Mm. Niger is the world's second biggest exporter of uranium concentrate. Okay. Okay. For nuclear application, now, yeah? Yeah. Now, the thing is this, that with the uranium concentrate which is produced in, in, in Niger, it sells on the international market for about 300 US dollars, 200 to 300 US dollars per kg. Mm. Now, in the agreement that has been going on, which is there for over, for over 60 years, I suppose, even 70 years, the Malian government is just being paid 30, the maximum of 30 U.S. cents per kg. Whereas the, yeah, yeah, that's the reality. Now, there was a president there called Ahmadou Tanje who actually wanted to renegotiate that whole agreement, saying this agreement is really unfair. And, Ma- and Niger is rated as the, as, the most, as the poorest state in the world by the UN. Mm, mm, okay? And the starvation and the kids are uh, not provided for. But then the French dilly-dallied in those talks. They never allowed those talks to go on. When Ahmadou Tanje started pressurizing the French, they appeared a uh, Tuareg rebellion up north. But then through its intelligence network, the Malian government discovered that the Avira fe- uh, firm, which is a French state-owned firm, which is mining the, 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 the uranium, it was actually aiding and abating that rebellion mm. against the government. Yeah? Mm. yeah. So the only thing they could do, because that week they could just sort of expel the CEO of the Malian of the sort of the Nigerian uh, of the Nigerian company, Avira company, and that's not the only case. There was uh, Pascal Lisuba of, uh, of of Congo Brazzaville. He was democratically elected. He wanted the French to actually pay more for the oil that Elf was actually was actually selling. Huh? Uh, the, the, the 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 Congolese. These are the Republic of Congo they were getting something like about 7, less than 10%. The men wanted that to be pushed up to 30% of profits. Yeah, the French refused. So what uh, Pascal Isuba did, he invited the American firm to come and start explore, exploring for oil. Yeah, we under an agreement that if, there's, uh, if the exploration is, 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 posit- is positive and they start selling oil, the Congo government would get... 30% of profits. 
Now, what happened, there was a rebellion. And that rebellion, it was aided and abated by F. So now that is the character of the French within the Francophone area. So, so that's the thing that people should understand. So, so when you say yeah, that... No, no, I'm not finished. Just let's okay. go ahead. Mm. Now, when you get to Mali, you find that the northern belt of Mali, uh, the northern belt, that belt of the Sahel, stretching from Mauritania, mm. getting into Mali, going into Niger, going into Chad, there's a, the, they've discovered a huge uh, crude oil belt. It's the biggest on land, crude, uh, crude oil reserve mm. in the African continent. So now that is the problem of Mali, where the French want some sort of autonomy for those northern areas. That's why they say that the French are conniving in assisting also the, the Tuareg rebellion. They're not actually firm in mm. actually crushing it. Yeah. So now those are the things which have a reason and have actually soured the relationship between the Malians and the French. Yeah, I, I wanted to maybe just get, get I guess, your, your perspective on this, what you refer to as the character of the French intervention in that part of the world. It's quite clear mm. that, I guess, mm. you know, the pursuit of um, particular economic interests is often accompanied by particular military interventions. But I think the second element I'm also interested in your thoughts on, we saw Emmanuel Macron getting a second term a few weeks ago um, in the presidential election. What implications, if any, does this have for the politics of France itself, uh, let alone, I guess, Francophone uh, Africa and the western part of our continent? Well, you see, the French, or even the American, or even the Western, uh, we can say that the political economy of those, count- of those countries, of the Western countries, mm. It's not determined by a president. Every president who comes, he conforms to that political economy. Sure. Yeah, I mean, in America, in America, you can have change of government. A Democrat can come up and a Republican can come in. But that will not change the political economy of the USA. Same with France. Yeah. It may be that Africa will change because most of these uh, African leaders are put there by somebody else. Yeah, and they are are, are sponsored by multinationals, like in the DRC, each and every president there has got a multinational behind them. Yeah, but in in the Western countries, those political economy of those countries is set. And whoever comes in there just follows line and moves on. They may just sort of differ in modality or whatever it is, but the same thing is there. So that's a thing that people should understand. Samuel Masoha and Dada just as we wrap up, asking here on Twitter. So in essence, is this about uh, um, the, uh, uh, I guess, uh, issue insofar as Africa's natural resources or trying to access those via dubious actions? And I assume that those are dubious military actions. Is this what that, that conflict or these tensions between Mali and France are about? Of course, there's a lot about that. It's just about uh, resources. In fact, the, and it's not a thing that I'm claiming. I mean, to say that even the Germans had actually sort of said, to complain about that. They say that France, if you take out the exploitative relationship they have with the African countries, mm. the economy would almost collapse. That, that's a reality. I mean, to say that the French behavior on the African continent is just due to 
the exploitation and monopolizing of uh, the resources that Af- these African countries had. Even the killing of uh, Idris Deby. Deby was killed by the French. His French, now they don't say that, but that's what it is. He was killed by his French uh, bodyguards. They say that he was in the war, war zone. He was not in the war zone. He was in the command structures, which were far off from the front line. And he was surrounded by his French bodyguards. That's why the AU initially said they want to actually investigate uh, the issues around his assassination. You know? But then Idris Deby had openly said in France when he was campaigning for his, uh, for his re-election, he said it on French television that he no longer wants to be used by France to destabilize the Central African Republic. He repeated it once or twice openly, and he did so within his election. So I'm not saying something because I think I'm a lefty or something like that, but that is, I'm quoting sure. what has been said and what is there for yeah. people to, you know, to follow up. Dada Komo, as always, a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there, unfortunately. And uh, But uh, as always, a pleasure. Thank you very much for taking uh, a time to speak to us and so generously sharing of your time tonight. Thanks for having me, Mitch. Dada Izakomo is a presenter and producer out at Channel Africa here with the South African Broadcasting Corporation. Giving us the latest coming out of Mali. What do you make of that?